2: Good morning. Hope everybody's staying warm out there. Welcome into the DNBR Rams podcast. Actually, DNBR Rams Live Special Edition presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary, providing top-quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of all their deals. I'm Justin Michael. I'm joined by my main man in crime, Andre Simone. We're both layered up. It's cold out. uh, But... Really excited for today's show because we're going to be joined by Nico Medved, CSU men's basketball coach. Really appreciate him. I mean, there are a lot of coaches I've worked with over the years that wouldn't come on the show after a two-game winning streak, let alone, you know, dropping two tough conference games, the fact that he's willing to come. And, you know, kind of talk about how this team needs to respond. It says a lot about the the program, says a lot about his character. Really looking forward to picking his brain. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit of football first because we've got some portal news You were actually bugging me the other day. I think you are kind of itching to talk a little football because we hadn't done it in a while. Always. Um, You know, the Rams picked up a a cornerback in Elias Larry, multi-year starter for Navy. Mm -hmm. Six foot, 197 pounds, spent the last three seasons there. He'll have one to two years of eligibility. TBD, we shall see on that. But 40 total tackles, two interceptions, a couple of PBUs, and 25 career games. I, I know we're just kind of dipping our toes in. We haven't had a chance to do a full like prospect breakdown and all sure, that. Sure, but sure. what stood out to you when you kind of checked him out a little bit?
1: Yeah, he plays with good size. He's uh, aggressive in the way he attacks the ball. He's aggressive in, you know, I mean, obviously playing at Navy, you're going to have to be physical coming downhill and be ready to tackle. So he's got that at six foot a buck. Ninety seven. You have him here. I mean, he, uh, He plays up to that size. He probably plays even a little bigger. And I'm really impressed in kind of how he defended deep balls from the little bit that I've dug into uh, right now, right? Um, Like those those on-ball stats you just mentioned, he makes those count. And uh, he's making those on big plays. So, you know, a guy who doesn't have a ton of eligibility left, a guy who's already got some experience at, you know, same level. It's kind of a lateral move aside from all the off field stuff that Navy has going on. Right. That's
2: a little more. Yeah. I mean, he'll be able to focus solely on football. So I imagine it'll be kind of, I mean, school too, but uh, let's be real. We all know that going to CSU <laughs> is not going to the Naval Academy. Yeah. yeah I graduated yeah. from there after all. Wow. But uh, no, this is a, this is a big pickup for this team. the The depth at corner was a big question mark. I think, they could still probably afford to add another veteran corner or two, just given the fact that you lose Chigose Anusiam. He's going to go off to the NFL. Uh, Ron Harge has declared for the NFL as well. Oregon State transfer. You knew you were going to lose those guys. They only had one year of eligibility left last year anyways. But the big one is obviously losing TJ Crandall, true freshman that popped a lot. He transfers to West Virginia. That's a bummer. He's a yeah, projected starter. That you was know, a big one. You're hoping that this guy can come in and kind of help fill that role. Cause you've got some young guys that are up and coming. They've got some other guys that maybe you kind of transition from safety, especially mm-hmm. given the fact that you've got Blackburn and Howell and, and Hector and all these guys coming back. But just from a depth perspective alone, getting a guy that's been a multi-year starter yeah. at a comparable level, it gives you a little bit of a of a, uh, of relief
1: and well, who is coming in expecting to compete as a, for a starting job at a premium spot. And should be, you know, right in the competition to be cornerback one, cornerback two, cornerback three. Yeah, You know, some version of that and brings that physicality to the table
2: and some experience. So, uh, I mean, can't ask for much more than that. The Rams now uh, don't have a huge transfer class. They picked up a couple of offensive linemen, corner uh, linebacker would be a position I'll be interested to see, though. There are some young guys that they really like there. So maybe they just kind of stick with what they've got in-house and And count on some of those guys to take the next leap in their next year in the system. Um, We've got another update, though. And that's where a couple of former Rams are now headed. And Lewis Brown, uh, wide receiver, really popped this year as a sophomore. He entered the portal. No. Was a tough one for Ram fans. Uh, A lot of us, myself included, had kind of heard some whispers that he had been kind of basically had been told that if he were to portal, there were going to be some pretty big schools that were interested in him. I had heard some PAC 12 schools, Uh, but what was interesting is when this whole process played out, he only posted about offers from Washington state, San Diego state, and Northern Arizona, none of which are really an upgrade. I don't think from CSU, but uh, interesting to see him stay within the conference, kind of a tough blow there. He's a Southern Cali kid, but he ends up with Sean Lewis. obviously got a front row seat to lewis brown in the showdown the breakout game yeah i mean it never got better than that
1: you know and i think it's why a lot of people were high on lewis brown as his biggest game comes in the biggest game the game that kind of had the you know i mean record uh viewership and all that and he tops it off with the big touchdown and the the uh dirty bird dance right that, that's what he did. Yeah, so, he did I the
2: mean, Dion. I mean, he a got... A pretty epic <laughs> moment in, in showdown history. We'll always have that. Maybe um, that's why he ended up there. Maybe deep down, you know, Sean Lewis has some some spite for Dion. He did, you know, demote him after all. It worked <laughs> well, out for him, be. but I got to bring this kid in. You know, he's willing to, well, to dance it, in his face.
1: It's a classic, right? We always see like, oh, you played well against one team and then they might be more interested in you in the pros. And now you're kind of seeing that in college. I I liked Lewis Brown. I liked what he brought to the table. I think it's also fair to say we didn't see a ton out of him in the second half of the year. He didn't necessarily, you know, have any breakout games while Tori was dealing with different injuries. Um, and you know, it's a, a a tricky part of where the Rams are at right now. Is you're gonna have to lose some guys potentially. But I think as long as it's the guys you're willing to lose, you're okay. Like, the priority was making sure you could hold on to BFN, Horton, and Kudos. Uh, Jack Goose. I, I literally said it right two minutes ago off air. That's my name. I love that kid, though. He's unbelievable. I mean, he's your Mo replacement right off the bat. Yeah, And
2: they've kind of played him off ball enough to where I wonder how much he factors into your linebacker stuff, right? Yeah, he's got some versatility to him and they've got a lot of depth at edge with some of these young guys. So it'll be interesting to kind of see if he ends up being more of that defensive end with his hand on the ground like Mo, right. or do you kind of try and transition him where he's probably going to play so at the next long. level anyways just yes. with that length.
1: So long. I'd play him hand in the ground for sure. And you know, O-line was such a huge improvement last year. You, you're losing a lot of guys, right? You replaced that with some vets. Corner came in as a question mark up and down at best uh, season for the position. So you you can handle losing some guys and replacing them. Like
2: you might even feasibly make an upgrade on what you had last year. You know, we can see. I mean, I, I would say the secondary did not live up to expectations as a whole, Um I thought they responded well, especially after the Utah State game where they just got mm-hmm. torched over the top. We didn't really see much of that after that. So I thought it was a good response. They had to deal with some injuries. That was tough. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm right with the people in the comment section. I think Tory coming back, you know, that eases a lot of worry you might have about Lewis Brown moving on. And of course, Justice Ross Simmons, you're up, man. He's that's a guy that's one. popped yep. uh, in a major way these last couple of years. Yep. He's kind of the deep threat. You got are that gonna, size, and he's—I mean—he can run. Yeah. So it's—it's going to be interesting to see like what type of leap he's able to make. Mm-hmm. But you've got Dylan Goffney for another year, SMU receiver who can kind of play in the slot or out wide. You've yeah. got some versatility there. You've got some other young guys that you think are going to step up. The receiver room is going to be fine. You got you know four star receiver and Jordan Ross coming in as a true freshman, and I like all three of the receivers I right. signed out of high school. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's Jay Norvell, guys. Like, you gotta trust Jay. This is what he does. Just guy after guy. And and a lot of the guys that he produced at Nevada that would have popped, like, in the coming years, they ended up going on to San Jose State and... Uh, CSU and a couple other schools but yeah. like the dude knows how to find talent I've got no that's his bread and butter it's his oh. bread and butter yeah from day on one that. he came in and was like this receiver room it ain't it we gotta get bigger we gotta mm-hmm. get faster we're gonna recruit the west coast cause it's what we know it's where we have connections done all of that okay. you know been really upfront about his recruiting approach has done a good job of executing it uh, one other guy Grady Kelly defensive tackle multi-year starter he moves on as well ends up back in Florida an ACC at Florida State. Another guy that ends up back home, Lewis Brown, a Southern Cali guy. It makes sense that, you know, these guys end up back home uh, for Kelly, obviously ending up at a power five, although that conversation's changing now with all the, the movement and stuff. Um, good opportunity a, for a him. A team who has
1: won the ACC firmly in the mix for the playoffs. I mean, they went undefeated. Goes from one Norvell to another. True. And um you know Florida State one of their breakout players on defense again my my name blindness is going to come into play here um because I'm I'm blanking on his name but he's on my big board. He came from Central Michigan last year, you know, so that even just recently just last year they've had a history of getting an interior D lineman from the G5 and him taking a step up and really breaking out, right? Um
0: he Ultimately if you towel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, who I really like That was a guy. standout to me yeah. last season was Baratow. in a D-line that was improved, certainly had flashes. I think also we could say didn't live up to what we hoped.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think teams adjusted to Mo, especially after the the first couple games yeah. They started scheming yeah. away from him. You needed some of those other guys to step up. I the mean, good thing is you did see guys down pop, like newer stats. Gakuth and stuff. but yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, the, the third, the goal line stats were not good. Third and short, they were not good. Right. Uh, there, there were just a lot of instances where they seemed much leakier than they should have been with those mm-hmm. guys. So you want to find some consistency there. At the end of the day, Grady Kelly, very talented player, was a nice diamond in the rough find for the Adazio yeah, staff. I've been time. critical of their recruiting approach. He's a great find. Three star, didn't have like any other significant interest. Yep. Yeah. Those are the guys where it kind of stings to lose because it's like, oh, now you go to Florida State. We found you. We developed you. You started here for multiple years. It's the game now. I'm not going to be the old guy ranting about the transfer portal. And like you said, you know, we got Barrett. How we got some young guys. uh, Wish them all well on their journey. We'll see. Um, If you're going to lose guys, you want them to go to
1: programs that sound good. You can sell the next underrated three star without a lot of offers in Florida on like, hey give Colorado a chance you know like let let's see what you can do for a couple of years yeah. right come to Fort Collins see what you can do and you want to go back home you might just have that opportunity if that that comes up down the line you know but you're going to have to perform first
2: it's a good point uh we got a couple of comments here basically saying um after leaning heavily on the portal and this is something I've talked about on the pod a lot over the years CSU is not going to be a, a big portal class year in and year out. They don't have the NIL. The NIL that they do have is going to go to retaining talent, keeping guys like BFN, like Noor Gakku, Tori Horton, mm-hmm. and that's fine. You know, you're, you're going to land a couple of transfers, but ultimately this is going to be a program that's built from the ground, that's developed, and it's going to have to be a similar approach uh, to CSU basketball, which obviously, as rolling 13-3 and 3, on a bit of a two-game skid right now, we're going to be joined by Nico Medved here in just a second. Uh, when you get hurt, guys, Backus and Shanker, they are here to help Backus and Shanker win for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. No fees while they work on your case. No fees unless they win money and win money for you, of which they've already won over a billion dollars for their clients. Uh, they are the bee's knees. Backus and Shanker, they serve all of Colorado with neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. The strength and power to serve you with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. They help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accident, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Oh, yeah. Dre, it's cold. Um, so when okay. I get home tonight, probably going to watch a movie. Crack open a, a couple of ice-cold Breck brews. There it is.
1: Yes. You got to lean into
2: it. I mean, yes. we all know a couple of beers, you, you got to get that liquor warmed sometime. And mm. with Breck brew, they've got something for every occasion.
1: They sure do. They're our favorite. They've been with us for so, so long. Broncos country, avalanche, little lager. You want some seltzy in your life? Get seltzed up. It's uh it's Breck Brew. You know him, um, beer locator, you know the whole deal. Breckbrew.com. Find a Breck Brew near you. You're gonna need it, man. It's a, it's like stock up time. The snow's coming at six. Breck brew, high plane strain drive Through. like we're doing it all. And uh, <laughs> and then we're having a nice night
2: by the fire. You heard the man. Check out Breck Brew. We are so fortunate to be joined by men's head basketball coach, Nico Medved. Really appreciate you taking some time. Nico, can you hear me? How's it going, man?
3: I can hear you. Can you guys hear me?
2: We can hear you just fine. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I don't know if you heard at the beginning, but I, I was kind of talking you up. I just said, you know, a lot of coaches, they wouldn't do this after a two game winning streak, let alone a two game losing streak. So I really appreciate you for giving us some of your time um, I guess just first things first. How are you sensing the guys are responding from this? This is a veteran group. It's a tough situation. We knew this league was going to be a gauntlet, though.
3: Oh, I think they're. I think they're doing fine. I think you know you're, like all of us, you're you're disappointed and, and you want to win every game. And we didn't play well. Uh, and I think you know you're, the focus just remains on yourself and how do we improve? And how do we play better? Um, but I think is, you know, we're in this little bit of a break here, a bye week. I I think the other side of it is you, you look up and you kind of look at the big picture right now and it doesn't take long to just kind of watch college basketball the last couple of days and see our sport. It's kind of what makes our sport, um, so cool. You know, it's, it's different. Anyone can beat anyone on any, any given night and you see it all over college basketball and you got to be able to, to respond to these things and, and, and move on to the next one. And so, uh, we're disappointed. You know, we, we expect we can win every game and wish we would have played better. But boy, if you let that get you down too much, uh, you're going to be in for a long haul.
2: That's kind of the funny thing. And I was joking about that on the pod is, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks, we were talking about the strength of the Mountain West, how good this league is, how hard it's going to be. And then when faced with that reality, sometimes the fans are like, oh my God, you know, the sky is falling. We know that that's not the case. You You know, this won't be the the last team in the mix to drop a couple on the road. What was your biggest takeaway though, from this loss on Tuesday night against Boise state, you guys battled, you hung tough, uh, but what did you feel like was the the biggest difference in that outcome?
3: Well, you know, disappointing. We really played, we really played excellent defense for most Great of the team. game. I mean, if you were to tell me we would have held them to, you know, 39% from the floor and a packed house and a huge game uh, like that, I, I would have thought, boy, I, I really liked our chances, but you know, really early in the game, we we turned the ball over a ton. Uh, I thought we forced some bad shots. We weren't um, stubborn enough to to get the shots that we wanted. Now, you know, you got to you know credit your opponents too. I think when you get into league play, Justin, I mean, oftentimes it's harder to get good shots. Everybody knows each other so well, um, which is why it becomes harder to get easy baskets. But we really didn't give ourselves an opportunity with some of the sloppy turnovers and poor shot selection and. I just thought that really, really cost us. And in the second half, you know, when we got it going a little bit, for whatever reason, I thought we had a lot of quality looks. We just couldn't get anything to go down. And so really, really frustrating night on that end of the floor. You know, the rebounding was pretty good. Most of the night it got to us late, you know, in the game and we had no margin for error and we just had to get every stop. And so really disappointing. We didn't, we didn't play better on that end of the floor. Cause I, I, I thought we really, really guarded well. And it was frustrating. You know, I was frustrated. The guys were frustrated. It was a long road trip. We were on the road for for, for six days. And um, But I think, you know, again, as you as you get up and you assess things and you try to look at the big picture, too. I think uh, sitting where we are right now, you know, 13 and three, uh, we still everything we want is still right in front of us. And we got to focus on what's next here.
2: You mentioned the turnovers. I'm sure that's an area you'd like to see them clean it up. I think it's about three more per game than what you guys were averaging in non-conference. The, the three-point shooting is down, but it does feel like the shot selection as a whole has been good. It's not like guys are jacking up bad shots. It just kind of seems like some of the shots that were falling early, some of these open shots from deep, uh, some of the post touches, you know, for for Joel Scott and some of these guys, some of the layups that they were converting on, maybe just. I've been just a little off these last couple of days. Is that a situation where you just wait for it to regress back to the mean, knowing that you're getting good opportunities or do you try and shake it up a little bit?
3: Well, I think, you know, it's a little bit of both. You go through ebbs and flows in a season, you know, guys, you miss shots, make shots. I mean, I think you want to look at your overall shot quality. I I, I think for, for the most part we are, but I I also think we can work harder to get better shots at times than we have. And again, when you get into league play, it becomes harder and harder. And um, especially sometimes in those, uh, those situations on the road, you know, I, I, other than, you know, we got court stormed twice, uh, um, you know, and and that's awesome. I, I think the venues around the mountain West, the level of passion that these fans have the quality of play in the league is just awesome. And so um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think we can be better. Uh, um, some of the decision making, some of the passing decisions, um, can continue to get better as we understand how teams are are guarding us. And sometimes you just have to be a little bit more stubborn and work a little bit harder uh, to get quality shots. And you can't get down when good shots aren't going. That's you don't control that all the time. That's the way basketball goes. And you know, I'm a believer. Water does find its level. And guys who've shown that they can can make shots will eventually find their groove again. And I think people have to remember too, guys like Jalen Lake and Josiah strong are just kind of coming back into mm-hmm. the lineup. And I think sometimes, you know, just taking a little bit of time to, to find their groove. I think hopefully both of those guys will find, you know, they'll get their braces uh, off their hands and, and hopefully that stuff will, will help them too. So um, we just got to focus on getting better and, all the confidence in the world in these guys and, and uh we'll be ready on Tuesday.
2: I'm sure that's probably a bit of the factor as well. I mean, some of these guys coming back from injury, some of the other guys that were playing while they while you know Josiah and Jalen are injured, now their role kind of changes. I just the the whole kind of flow, maybe it takes some time to get used to it. Um you mentioned needing to to work the ball, uh, be a little bit more stubborn at times. That was one of the things I talked about just trying to get to the line a little bit more um you know only 10 free throw attempts i believe or 11 against boise state w- would you like to see guys be a little bit more assertive in that regard and have you sensed any hesitancy when the shots aren't falling that maybe guys aren't i don't know as as aggressive
3: no in, in fact maybe i'd even go the other way i mean i think sometimes you know boise does a great job and like much like we did i mean of playing physical without fouling i mean i think that's something do i I think, to be honest, a lot of times, you know, we played really good defense. We forced them late in the shot clock. We would get stops. And what I mean by being stubborn is I think sometimes we were too aggressive. We were trying to make things happen maybe that weren't there, you know, forcing turnovers and in transition or maybe forcing a shot. And I mean by stubborn is sometimes, you know, and and we've been – listen – these are things we've been good at for most of the year. So it's not like it's something that hasn't shown up before or that we haven't shown we're capable of doing, but you're only as good as your last game, right? Uh, uh, just because you did it yesterday, doesn't guarantee you can do it uh, uh, today. Um, so we just, you know, sometimes we need to be a little bit more stubborn, a little bit more patient at times. And just because we like to run and push the ball in transition doesn't always mean you're going to get quality shots early in a possession. And again, it's harder to to, to score against good teams. And so, um the, the, the level of basketball being played in this league is 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 absolutely tremendous and the coaches do a great job and um so that's what I mean by being stubborn is that sometimes you probably have to be a little bit more patient and sometimes Justin, you know, you, you work hard and it doesn't always guarantee you're gonna get a great shot. That's the way this this game works. But um so it's a little bit of all that. And then I think sometimes what happens is it just takes, you know, one or two shots going in and kind of that that mojo, so to speak. Uh, starts to come back, and, and we've got to find that again, but it's just, you know, one of those streaks that we're in right now.
2: I've asked you about this before, and it's just something that, like, having observed Isaiah Stevens now for so long, getting to watch Nikola Jokic with the Nuggets, one of the things that I feel is very similar about them is they're so unselfish. Like, it's, it's just a part of their DNA. They want to facilitate. They want to playmake. I think at times it's maybe even more important to them than scoring Isaiah is obviously a very competitive player. I just wonder, are there times? And I mean like very, very small instances where you'd like him to maybe be a little more selfish. And like this, this is an Isaiah possession. Like I love that he's facilitating. I love that he's creating for others, but maybe if you're down and the shots aren't falling, this is a situation where we need him to go into that like Zay mode that we saw against UNLV.
3: Well, I, 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 I you know, I, I think that's a tough one because you know, the one thing I love about him, and you know, he's the first one to to own it. I mean, you know, he'd be the first one to say, you know, hey, I didn't I didn't play as well as I could play on this on this road trip. And I think it's a fine line. You have to be who you are as a player. You know, if you try to be somebody that you're not, I think that's when you get into trouble. And for sure we want Zay to be aggressive, but I think also sometimes it can go the other way where sometimes, you know, you feel like you have to try to, to mm-hmm. do something. You try to have to make something happen that's not there. And when you draw so much attention, you still have to play the game that you're comfortable playing. And and, and I think so that's a fine line. And, you know, Zay has the green light to, to be aggressive. Um, um, but sometimes, you know, you, you can almost become too aggressive, too, at times. You try to tell yourself, I got to make something happen that's not there. Zay is an all-American level player. He's a tremendous player, but he's, you know, he's not James Harden, right? He's Isaiah Stevens, you know. And 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 I think, and 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 you know what I mean by that is that he still has to play the game that he's comfortable with playing. And sometimes that does mean being more aggressive, but sometimes it's just continuing to make the right play. And and uh, and, and that's what he is. We got a lot of guys who can put the ball in the basket too, and so. Um, I think that's a fine line when you say that, but you definitely can't get out of character. You have to play the way that you know you're capable of playing at the highest level.
2: What kind of growth have you seen from Nate Clifford? I mean, when you look at his numbers right now, it's insane, like 60% from the field over 50% from three. He's shown he can do it all. He can get to the hoop. He can hit jump shots. I mean, I imagine this is what you envisioned when you, when you brought him over.
3: He, he's been awesome. I mean, it's just to to see the buy-in and just kind of, you know, let go and just live in the moment. And he's getting so comfortable with what we're doing, um, letting the game come to him. And, and I, I, I'm a believer, you know, we're talking about it yesterday. And, and you know, when, when guys start to play really efficiently, it's a combination of they work really, really hard at their game. They're in the gym. Uh, um, uh, they spend time at their craft. They're watching film. Um, They're buying into what we're trying to do as a team and they're taking good shots. You know, it's usually a combination of all those things. And he's really doing that at a high level and he's making the game look really simple, but he's being aggressive. He's really doing a great job within our system and he's such a great young man and so coachable. And it's been great to have him, you know, have him have the success that he's having. And, you know, he's continuing to get to the top of guys scouting reports and that's going to continue to happen. and, and uh, But I, I think he's going to keep it going here. And he's just uh, um, been really dynamic for this team.
2: I know uh, you got to get out of here in just a sec. I don't want to take up too much of your time. But uh, you had an opportunity to go down to Denver, see David play in person with the Grizzlies. His role's been expanded a little bit of late. That's a, and They've got some weird circumstances going on as a franchise that we don't have to get into. But what's it like to see a guy that you signed and developed catching bodies in the NBA and like being Sports Center top 10 worthy?
3: there's, There's just nothing more gratifying as a coach than to see these young people, you know, come in and they give you everything that they have and to see them living out their dreams. And it's, it's really awesome. And it's so cool to have David as connected as he is still with our program and our guys. And like I said, it didn't work out, you know, last season for us to see him in person based on our schedule. So it was great to have the opportunity to, to, to go see him in person play. And um, it's awesome. And he's going to continue to do great things. And um, I love, uh, again, like how he still follows us, uh, watches all the games when he can. And, and I think that's really, really cool. And um really, really proud of him. And he's, as you know, he's as good of a kid as he as he is player. Um, and it's fun to watch him. I try to turn on the Grizzlies every opportunity I get.
2: Last thing I just wanted to ask you, and, and we kind of got into this a little bit earlier, but do you feel like the the weekend off is beneficial just in terms of getting a chance to reset or would you have rather played and then kind of off of that as well? You, you know, you talked about getting court stormed back to back times, probably nice to to come home a little bit, although it's, it's cool to see and it's a nod of respect to what you guys mean. And you know, the college basketball conversation that a win over the Rams is worthy of, you know, storming and back to back outcomes.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I read in the, you know, both the games we played, I was in the, the Boise uh, paper, you know, I don't try not to read much of what the opponents say, but I, I realized we were, they had the nation's longest home winning streak. And I think the, the mantra that day was, you know, we have the nation's longest home winning streak and a win tonight against the Rams would be the biggest one of, of all of them, you know, considering where they were at. And it is, it's cool. And, and the great thing for us is, Justin, when those teams come back to Moby, they're going to face the same thing. Yeah. And that's what makes college basketball great. And, and, you know, there's going to be ups and downs, you know, as we keep going on in the season, you just got to keep, uh, um, keep grinding, keep going forward. We believe in, in, in what we're doing and believe in each other. And, and that's what we're going to do. And you know what, maybe this time off is good. It was great to get back home. And so we've been on the road for six days. So to have an opportunity to get back and get in a routine, you know, kind of when you're on the road that long, a lot of these guys kind of get out of the routines that they have and, So I think to be back is great. Uh, Get back to the practice floor a little bit and um, get ready to get back after. And I can't wait uh, to get back out to Moby and have all of our friends uh, back behind us. Our students uh, are back here, are are going to be back um, next week. And so it's going to be a fun ride in the Mountain West and um, there'll be ups and downs. But, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to fight. I can tell you that.
2: I can't wait, man. This These next couple of months, I know it's going to be a challenge, but it's just going to be so much fun. It's awesome to see uh, this program, you know, be elevated the way that it has, but also just the whole league. Like as a Mountain West guy, it's fun to see night in and night out the quality basketball that's being played. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, this this means the world to me. You've been great since the the first day that you came into the program, and we're obviously always rooting for you. So uh, see you next week. I'm looking forward to it, and make, thank you so much.
3: Yeah, Justin, man, anytime, man. I'm always happy to to come on and and, and talk about the Rams. So appreciate you covering us and and, uh, we'll see you soon.
2: Sounds good. Stay warm out there.
3: Thank you.
1: That was a fun one,
3: man. That was
1: fantastic. You want me to take us on a quick little break and we'll get into all that? Yeah. Yeah. All of that made possible by our presenting sponsor, High Plains Strains, you can't get two goats talking about the Rams on this pod without them driving fans to, um, poof, sorry about that. High Plains Strains provides top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out. Your needs include infused edibles, high potency concentrates, and some of the best flower in the state. There are three High plain Strains locations in Colorado, Long Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedgwick. All sorts of deals. Use that code DNVR online or uh, mention DNVR in stores. We love that they have drive throughs It's the way to go. If you are around to High Plane Strains, go check them out. Use that code DNVR and get in on all their deals because they make those possible for us.
2: Got so much love for High Plane Strains. And, I mean, the drive-thru. Are you kidding me? So clutch. Use that code DNVR for all of their great deals. They got everything you need. As does our friends over at Foco. They are a leading merchandise and uh, apparel. They make everything, man. Bobbleheads, they really are so one of the coolest. Of Basically, the majority hair, yeah. of our set is of courtesy set. Yes. of Foco. Um, I just, I'm in a spot where I have so much sports memorabilia <laughs> it's a t- that it doesn't logically makes sense for me to go on Foco and browse because I don't have any room for it, but I can't help it because their stuff is that yeah, cool. Like, so true. you know, Nuggets Championship Bobbles. I oh, gotta man. have that. Yep. Avalanche, yep. I mean, I'm on it. They always have our back for Colorado sports. They're gonna have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non sale items, use the code DNVR and get 10% off your order. Man, oh man, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to Nico Medved, man. He's... I'm, I'm so glad fantastic. you got to be here for that because... I just, there are so few coaches in the country that are willing to be open, that are willing to, I mean, I can go to whatever practice I want. I can watch whatever I want. He'll answer whatever questions I have. If it's a critical question, he's not immediately going to get like defensive and up in Mm -hmm. arms because he knows that the root of the question is we're trying to make the audience be more informed. He just, he gets it in a way that so few coaches don't. And I hope that not just CSU fans, but like college sports fans as a whole in this state, recognize how fortunate we are to have a guy like him who's phenomenal from the X's and O's, but can recruit as a program builder represents the school the right way. I mean, just, I've got so much love for the guy.
1: Yeah. And you can just see from that interview, what makes him a great leader? Like there's just a very, he's obviously a good communicator, but he has a very calm demeanor and a great perspective, you know, like he's coming off this tough road trip, two losses in a row. Um, but he's got that right perspective. He understands a lot of the things we're saying about the league being loaded, you know. Um, he can have that perspective on, like, this was the toughest uh, of all this this unbeaten home streak that Boise's in. This was the toughest opponent, the biggest game of them all, and that they'll be able to return the favor at Moby, you know, that this is just going to be a tough road matchup. But you can you can just tell, even from that short interview, what what makes him... Good at what
2: he does as a leader. It's a big reason why, even after a loss, you know, it's easy for me to keep faith in this program because I see them. I see them after a 40-point win. I see them after a heartbreaking defeat on a buzzer beater. I see them when they get their ass kicked. There's always accountability. There's always honesty. It's always, hey, we did great here. Mm -hmm. Man, Mm -hmm. our transition transition defense, excellent. But, God, we've got to be tougher in the half-court sets. You know, like, it's no BS, and it's just... It's refreshing. I wish there were more coaches that interacted that way. I honestly think some of them it's an annoying thing because they don't respect the people that are covering them sure, and that's another sure. thing like yeah. he treats all of us with respect, like we're human beings, like we know what we talk what we're sure. talking about, right. which we do. But also it's just like a it's it's makes everything better. Like your audience is more informed, you know, it doesn't have to be hot takes like I don't know. I I get I'm 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 propping the guy up here, but I mean, it's, it's easy to see, you know, why he's doing such a great job and it's easy to see why Ram fans are, are so desperate to keep him around. And If you're CSU, man, you got to do everything in your power institutionally to lock this dude down, like double the contract. You got to give him all the resources he needs for recruiting and assistant pools and whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, if a school that has just a little bit more money comes around, it's, you know, yeah, I could leave, but the truth is is I can accomplish everything I want right here in Fort Collins. Yeah. This is one of the yeah. top basketball leagues in the country. I can sell out games. I can, you know, go on the road, and losses aren't going to murder me, like, you know, mm-hmm. in the WCC or something. Mm-hmm. You can do everything here. It's just on CSU to kind of, you know, match that level of commitment. hundred percent. And I think, you know, the last several years,
1: I've been really impressed from that commitment from the athletic department. They made big strides. Obviously, the NIL era up it changes everything time to buckle up and like get, get everyone you gotta to get a dive head first. Right. Yeah. Get everyone back in. Um, And I'm sure, you know, like there'll be a two year window before things change again, you know? So just be ready for that commitment. But um, I mean, yeah, what else could you say? Yeah, It's clear the trajectories have this program on and I think it's, it's clear you need to try everything you can to keep this up. And obviously, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because he's in the middle of a pivotal season, a season where, as he said, the Rams still have everything in front of them to accomplish everything they're really setting out. You've set a goal for the Sweet 16. I think the conference is very winnable. Um, You know, literally, we're ranked 17th, so we're not like pie in the sky like Sweet 16. You'd be one of the 16 best in the country. They're right there. What stood out to you most, though, from that conversation with Nico?
2: I think just the... I hadn't really considered that perspective with some of the turnovers. Um, mm-hmm. I do... I still do stand by what I said that I do think there is some hesitancy hesitancy in certain spots when the jumpers aren't falling. But that's more later in the game that I've kind of noticed that. And mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, early on, guys are driving. They're trying to do too much. It's something... I'm going to go back. The first thing I'm yeah, going to do is rewatch yeah. this Boise State game and kind of well, see, like, did he drive into traffic here? Was there an outlet? What was the plan um, but I think that's interesting, and I think it makes a lot of sense. You're on the road, you're playing two quality physical defenses that mm-hmm. you know aggressively mm-hmm. guard you on ball, and they're gonna throw some different looks at you. It makes sense that they kind of got out of sort and I just I love having conversations like this, and I love how open he is because then it allows you to be like, oh, that makes sense, like right. you know what I mean? You need those totally. perspectives. well, my takeaway was I thought they did a good job
1: in the first half of Boise of like. Really trying to get the ball down low. Really trying to mm-hmm. get you know as touches hoop, yeah. right and and draw fouls and what have you. And he instead one of his first points was we didn't we didn't play well in the first half. We didn't get our shot selection was poor. And then talking about the turnover, so maybe that was a bit more force than what we might perceive as hesitancy, which was just like let's play in the flow of this offense. Mm-hmm. Keep passing it. Keep keep letting the ball flow and see what shots we can get out of this.
2: And I think he made a good point about like, yes, when it's easy for me to be like, just go into Zay mode. At the end of the day, like this offense (laughs) is so dangerous because it's you're going four or five out and all of these guys are capable of burning you i can beat you with a cartier three at the top of the key yeah or i can post up with my back to the basket or my back to the basket (laughs) yes yes. i can you know dish it out and hit one of these guys in the corner on a wing like it they need to not lose sight of that so i I don't Mm -hmm. i just think it's good to to get those perspectives every now and then And i think like at the end of the day as much as you know, it's easy for me to be like, Jokic take over. He is always going to be who he is and who he is is the smartiest, is the smartiest, smartest, skilled, savviest player on the court. I'm getting tongue-tied, but that's how much I love Isaiah Stevens.
1: Well, and the other thing is, I do think this year, Isaiah really has been on the cusp of just that perfect balance because there's been plenty of times where he does take over and have He does come up with that clutch shot, you know, where he's able to
2: drive and get to his spot and hit a mid range that anybody else on the team takes. And you'd be like, really that one? And he does it and makes it look effortless. Right. I
1: mean, he'll take those shots and then hit like just the tiniest inch of nylon, you know, like insane. It's such a pure. He's he's really fun to watch. Any other takeaways for you?
2: Uh, just that this is a team that wasn't going to panic. And I'm not surprised. I mean, I wasn't out on the road, obviously, for this trip. But if yeah. you would have asked me post-game, I was like, I guarantee you that I will be more flustered. And I'm pretty even-keeled compared to some of the people out there. But they're so even-keeled. And they have so much self-belief, as they should. I mean, these are... They have three 2,000-point scorers on their team. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um. And I, I think I think the, the, the point that Nico talked about with playing great defense is something I probably did not emphasize enough yesterday. I mean, I kind of glanced over some of the numbers there, but I mean, you held Boise state to 65 points on sub below on sub 40% from the field, 33%. The field gave up too many free throws, but like outside of that, and a lot of those are late too. Late. If you defend like They're that late. consistently, the offense is going to be better than what it was. You're going to win a lot of games. That field goal percentage is insane, especially because the final ten minutes of that
1: game, they go full core press. Yeah, and so there there are a couple like just ah shit. We we on the du- double team, they got the pass out. It's going to happen. And it they broke wide. the press. Yeah, yeah, they broke the press. um So I mean, that could be sub 35. And no, it's true. I mean, they had to make some really tough shots. Down low, and then yeah, uh, Meadow doesn't make
2: three circus you know. threes with the hand on right. his face, right? A true freshman right. stepping up in the a huge right. moment. Credits him, he was good in high school. Uh, but and yeah. they, they made a couple
1: corner threes that the Rams that missed. the Rams missed, and they made a couple tough shots, the, especially the Meadows ones that the Rams. Didn't go down for him, right? And hey, that's basketball. Sometimes. It came a shot. Sometimes Especially, you miss a couple
2: that you normally make, yeah. and the other team makes a couple of tough ones. And, Especially when shots are at a premium. Like, and that's, that's another deal. You know, good point that he brought home is you know you can do everything right and still not make the basket. Like sometimes we get, we oversimplify things, just like in football. Like yes. the play worked, so it was a good play. Or the play worked or didn't work, so it's a bad play. It's like not necessarily. Yes. It could have been a good design, but this one little thing went wrong and therefore it didn't work. Or, yeah, we scored a touchdown, but it went right through the DB's hands. It wasn't a good play.
1: 100%. We are results-oriented. Ultimately, people like Coach are evaluated on those results, but they have to be (laughs) process-oriented. Yes, What led to the results is what they're focused on. The results are kind of a byproduct of that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's having that right perspective having that right mindset.
2: I think that's pretty much all I have to say on this yeah. one. They've got a couple of big games coming up. Um, I'm going to have some content coming out and have a couple of guests here in the next couple of days. So keep an eye out on that DNVR feed. Uh, you yeah. can check that out. We'll have some stuff on the DNVR YouTube, of course, but also um, in you know Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you happen to get your podcasts. Thank you to everybody in the comment section for rocking with us this morning. I know I didn't yes. give you guys a ton of advance with this interview. It came together kind of late, which I really appreciate CSU Athletics for putting together. I appreciate Nico Medved for hopping on with us. Huge two home games coming up against Air Force and UNLV next weekend. Moby needs to be rocking. It needs to be the same type of atmosphere that the Rams had to deal with on the road. They now need that in their favor. This team's 13-3. and If they win a couple of games, they're going to be right back in that top 20 They're still capable of winning the league. They're still capable of making a run in the tournament, of doing all the special things that we hope for. But uh, it's going to be tough. So that's really really all there there is to it. This is going to be a brutal league, as Nico talked about. Dre, thank you. Alyssa, behind the sticks, shout out to you for making this run so smoothly. We could not do it without you. And shout out to all you in Ram Nation. Stay safe, stay warm. Much love. Peace.
0: Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as Mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies. My daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass. My sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father. One day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I wanna be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head. So now she. She's rocking my teeth, tucked into new prodigies And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week The lipstick stain still on my cheek like we ain't talking enough And we always seem to laugh but never nod at us So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions And this is more about me and all of my self-deception I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson and the peaches out from Palisade, and they sweet as mama's marmalade, and this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony, the family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums, and my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs, dancing hand in hand, we were tripping to left feet, like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to leave, but I'm so thankful for these days.